Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. What's good, Internet? It is December 30th, 2016, and you know what that means. We almost beat this motherfucking year oh, into the ground. Thank God. Yeah, so we're going to have an even worse 2017. Let's get yeah. psyched! Oh, yeah! We, we, I mean, like, who knows? Who knows what tomorrow could bring? I don't, because we're actually recording this a little bit early. <laughs> we are not coming to you live. We are coming to you from the Brick House in Brooklyn. Brick House. Uh, it, is, it is your favorite uh, Your favorite. Podcast yes, Waypoint Radio. I hope Hi. it is. Thank you for choosing us as your favorite podcast in 2016. Yeah. I, I know I'm not saying that anyone officially gave us that title, but I've heard it from people. People have said that. People have said it. Totally, I've said it. Joining me to talk about 2016, <laughs> this miserable year behind us, happened to have some pretty good video games in yeah. it. Yeah, Danielle Riendo. Hi, everybody. Patrick Klepek. Hello. And and coming to us from over Yon Pond. Yeah. From on the other side of the west to the east, all the way. Yeah, yeah. Mike Diver, the other, the other side, the other way. Waypoint's way own. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I'm yes, from um, from a, a decrepit bedroom on the south coast of England. <laughs> Good, perfect. It's where you find me. A decrepit bedroom for a decrepit year. Yes. 2016. Yeah, it does. So uh, we did it. We got through almost 2016. Two days from now, we will be through 2016. And I don't want to focus too much on the bad shit. We focused a lot on the bad shit. I think every website in the world will be focusing on the bad shit. Yes. I get it. It's bad. There's a reason. There's a reason There's a why. Lot of, like, listen, yeah. from people we love who make music dying to people we are terrified of being elected. Yes. There are a lot to laws changing and to countries leaving their larger sovereign groupings. Yes. Lots of scary things happened Terrifying. this year. There are also some pretty good radio games. Yeah. That's a good thing. I don't think that that evens out necessarily, but I do want to talk about those video games. So the way we're going to do this is we're going to look inwards to our to ourselves and find what we've the work we've already done and build on top of that that's what i like to do yeah it's like when you cite yourself in an article like i basically already made this argument i'm just gonna link to it last time i'm an expert and therefore if you've been going to waypoint.vice.com waypoint.zone bazinga.zone pyramids.com <laughs> you know that this week we've been doing the waypoint high school class of 2016 school yearbook all of our articles, all of our superlatives, all of our, our class clowns, our cutest couples, our most likely to become a teacher at Waypoint High School, all those awards. <laughs> and we've also done these kind of like uh, extracurricular activities, things like uh, the Waypoint High School paintball team or like uh, the Waypoint High School horror club, things like that. And you should have noticed that there are uh, some, some uh, assigned kind of leadership roles in those, in those extracurriculars. For instance, someone is the captain of the Waypoint High paintball team. 
the thing is that right now, while we're recording this on uh, uh, December 21st, 2016, I have no idea who, who those presidents are, who those team captains are, who those, uh, you know, lead time travelers might be. Yeah. And so I want to figure that out with all of you and, and use that as an excuse to talk through some of the things that have happened in 2016 in the world of gaming. So to start, we should start with Monday's category, I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, so, which is Waypoint High School paintball team. Yeah. Shooters had a year. Shooters had the best year. I, I'm normally not even interested in yeah. a lot of shit. Like, I'll play a shooter. I'm not going to, like, you know, You're here to stick my shooters. nose up at shooters. It's just not my, like, chosen genre. Yeah. But there were a lot of games I truly, like, really got into this year that were shooters. Let's, and, list, let's list out yeah. some of the good shooters yes. this year. What do we got? Everybody, let's go around in a circle and name a shooter you thought was pretty good this year. Why don't you start, Austin? Uh, I still, I probably still haven't played Doom, but I'll put Doom on this list. <laughs> Doom's a good one on this Listen, list. You my can't, list, you can't my list doesn't go for a game you haven't played, right? My list doesn't go live until the thirty first. I'm getting a weird buzz. I don't Me too. Know, I'm getting a weird buzz. Someone heard that we, I haven't played Buzzes. Doom. They're hacking. That's in what it is. The- Doom guy is trying to call us. It's what's happening, and he's it's like, me, "Play Doom my guy. game." Play my game. <laughs> that's what he's saying. That's what he says. Yeah, that's What's how, his in his quote. language, that's how he says it, yeah. So Doom, uh, people talk to me about Doom really quick. What What is what is Doom? Doom is a rad shooter that went all the way, balls to the wall. That's the phrase that I think is very appropriate mm. to use in this context. The balls are all over the wall. Oh, uh, that went all the painful. way with being, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it hurts so good. Uh, that went all the way with being a... <laughs> Fully uh, embracing mm, the goofiness mm, of Doom, mm, the full, full, um, fully embracing like the the fun, wild '90s ass '90s video game sort of aesthetic and the music. It also was a a really cool game that had some weird secrets and weird platformer stuff and other kind of fun fun other elements to it. Yeah, I think Doom uh, is a game that uh, when you talk about a game from the '90s being brought into a modern context it's an extremely difficult thing to do because you're straddling a lot of different player expectations uh audience expectations right it's like doom has to try and service uh, an audience that has never played doom before while also servicing the audience that, that loves doom and i think what they did really well with uh id software and sort of like reinventing what doom was i mean you can look at the history of this literal this this version of Doom, which started as essentially Call of Doom, uh, you know, yeah. this version uh-huh. of Doom Four started as a game that uh, you can see how they arrived there. It was like, okay, we got to take Doom and make it gritty and serious, and so we're gonna take <laughs> soldiers that are dealing with a demonic invasion, and like, what would happen? And like, in some world, like, I actually still want to kind of play that game. Yeah, yeah me too. I'm really totally. curious about it. But um, I can see why they might have looked at that and said that's not really working. That doesn't necessarily speak to sort of the essence, the soul of what what Doom is uh, or was. And, like, Doom, the game they made is Doom. Like, it feels like it's not, you know, you couldn't climb over walls in the original Doom. But if you... If they had the technology, it feels like they would have done that. Like, and the they would have done it they, in this way. It wouldn't yes. be a slow clamber. It would be this like super rapid, like vaulting just, over yeah. a wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah totally. It feels like they took the what was fun about Doom and made that in 2016, but not in the sense that like, oh, it means it's got to have pixel pixelated graphics or it's got to have this set of mechanics. It's like they just took if they if the, if id Software had the technology of 2016 and they made Doom, 
this this feels like the game they would have made. Right. And I think that's like the highest compliment you can give where it yeah. doesn't feel constrained by what it was. It just use, it uses what was good about Doom and makes a brand new game that feels uh, in that in that essence. And, and it's – yeah. I, it's, it is the most video game video game of 2016. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if that – you know, that, that's not like a real statement. But like people know what I mean when I say that. All of those reasons are why you gave it the, the like most school spirit award too, right? It's just like it came here to play. Like it gets yeah. everybody hyped, and also it's metal as fuck. Yes. So. Oh, great soundtrack. It's pretty great metal. Soundtrack. Yeah, I love what you said then, Patrick, about it, it being like that essence of kind of what you, what what it taking what it would be back then, and you know like recontextualizing it with today's technology you know just to skew left quickly that's exactly what ratchet and clank was this year as well it's like what you remember the game being but that's what they can do now and doom was the same for me uh in terms of yeah taking those kind of memories of what you played in the well in my case the mid 90s because i played it on 32x because i'm a complete moron (laughs) um but uh but yeah and kind of taking it into into the here and now because i think everyone got a little bit burned by doom 3 it it wasn't a doom game I'm not saying it's bad. Light bulb trap. It, it didn't, you know, it, it wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't a Doom game, right? That was, you know. Uh, well, listen, well, we're not here to that, debate another conversation. Right. That's okay, yeah, that's the recast. It's a Doom that's for the, another day. Like, class of 20, 2004. <laughs> this go. is a class of 2016. This is a different. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, different gonna, class. So Doom, is all, Doom is on this team for sure. Uh, Daniel, Overwatch, Overwatch is also on this also, team. I'm going to add Tracer to this team. Yeah, Tracer is the face of Overwatch. You know, and and it's Overwatch. Yeah. I mean, she's the face of games this year, she's right? The, she's the, the face of games. Cover of Overwatch. She's been everywhere. So there yeah, it is. The big, big uh, uh, action figures of her live in the streets. I hope so. Alive. Hope there's They're a lot alive. of tracers. It's, it's the, <laughs> the Doctor Who special this year. There's there live is. tracer action figures tracers. in every traces every everywhere you go. But yeah, Overwatch I think is was great. And again, I never play multiplayer shooters like right. ever. Me either. I think Me I only ever played Bioshock Two and the GoldenEye remake. Those are like the only two multiplayer <laughs> you know, shooters. You know. I ever <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. basically. Well, okay, close to no, and the ones that nobody really talks about. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know, footnote that. But but this was a multiplayer shooter I really enjoyed because I think it had a lot of, you know, you could play a support class really well and actually felt like integral to the the mm-hmm. style of play. I I liked playing Zarya. She's sort of a defensive specialist, and there are these sort of bright characters and this sort of inclusive community that I think actually really drew a lot of people in who oh. are not always super That's, into shooters. That to me has been like the big success story of Overwatch yeah. is that it took a genre it, you know I think this year in general felt like shooters are reinvigorated but I want to I want to give Overwatch a lot of credit for that because of how it invited in new communities yeah. of players who formerly would not have even thought about playing a multiplayer only competitive team shooter that even have yeah. like tiny tiny little bits of MOBA DNA in tiny there too which bits. again is not a thing I, I am super ver- well versed totally. in totally so. and it did it in a way that didn't only bring people in like so it did it I think there's lots of ways to be dismissive of Overwatch and say, oh, people only like it because they're they're part of the fandom. They only like the characters. Or people say, like, oh, it's you know, it's not a hardcore shooter. It's not like a, a you know, you don't have to be pixel perfect accuracy. But I actually think that both of those things fail to like address the fact that it's actually a pretty complex game yeah. in which players of different skill levels can learn their characters and their, their kind of their chosen set of characters and become really proficient not only in playing those characters but in learning maps, understanding like where where to be, how to how to play with other ca- other 
characters, yeah. Yeah. how what like team composition looks like, and those are like big picture esports concerns brought down to a level that not brought down to, but brought to an audience that has no interest or felt overwhelmed by other games that asked them to think about things like team comp. Like that's a, an interesting problem to to like have in a game. It's like, oh, who should I be to complement the other people in my team? Uh, and that's like fun to figure out, but when you go to play a, a large like MOBA that has a hundred characters and you don't have any background in it, it can be hard to get into it. And so, for me, the big success of Overwatch, on top of the great characters, on top of the fact that I think it's just a fun game to play, is that it's a really great entry point for players who want to mess with some complexity and yeah. learn their character, but who don't necessarily, but who've been put off by other similar games of, of the skill level. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Danielle. Like, where I have not. No interest in, you know, when they announced this game, I was like, okay, great. There's the yeah. game I will never play. Like, that's totally. fine. And I'm okay with that. Like, I, I, but it was when it was, I started noticing all these people playing it that were like me. They were like, oh, I don't play these games, but this game is incredible. And I've, I think part of what it gets, what it does really well is it onboards players that are not usually like, it would be so, it would be very easy to imagine a version of this game that like just overwhelms you with the complexity of the characters and the, and the mechanics. Um, cause there is so much going on if you start picking apart what's happening in a match, but the presentation, which is what Blizzard does so well in terms mm-hmm. of like UI and, and the polished uh, nature of their games, like this game handled by another developer would, would have been, or could have been a disaster, but the way yeah. Blizzard's very specific, uh, house approach to how they make games like allows, people like myself to get in and feel like they're contributing and they're enjoying themselves where even right. when they have a poor match that they've done something like they've been a part of it. And that's just a really, I, I probably played, you know, 35 hours of that game and I'm sort of out of it now. Like I don't really feel the compulsion to go back, but that those 35 hours were like some of the most fun I've had with the game, especially a multiplayer game yeah. in, in years because I've just, uh, they also just, we talked about this on our uh, reader mail podcast, but like, the level of toxicity that I ever ran into was so much lower than what I yeah. run into in other multiplayer games. Like, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm not saying there isn't a bunch of homophobia and racism and all sorts of awful stuff that is part of that and many other multiplayer games. But what I found was that uh, what also helped is that Overwatch was, in- was inherently playable without team speak, without some of the things that make team-based games otherwise not function. Uh, right. I was able to have really fun, compelling games where I didn't talk to anyone, and the game allowed us to communicate to each other through our roles, through our classes, and I just, I find I find it to be a really remarkable accomplishment in a genre that we otherwise take for granted as sort of like, like, oh, Team Fortress 2 did it. Like, what, what is, you know, why does Blizzard right. need to make one of these? And it's like, then it co- Overwatch comes along and goes, oh, right. Especially because we were all really cynical. A lot of people were really cynical about the sort of like bringing esports presentation to other genres this year. Uh, of just like, oh, please don't try to just don't try to force your way into making another esport. There was a lot of the comp- the compulsion around being dismissive around Battleborn and the lead up. Besides, like the sense of humor not landing for a lot of people was just like, oh, they're trying really hard to make a hobby grade game, quote unquote, and so. There was lots of pushback against that, and then and then Blizzard managed to walk the line. I think. I think. Mike, yeah. did you play much Overwatch? I dabbled early doors, um, but never to the extent where I I truly bedded in. I actually had a conversation about it really recently on the UK podcast with a couple of people, right? And uh, one of them, Alicia Judge from IGN, was saying how they still, as a group of people at IGN, play that every lunchtime. Oh, I think wow. that's what was missing for me. I think it's very much the kind of game that, like you know, it is so easy to get into, but unless you've got 
your friends meeting up there regularly, coming back, you know, day after day, week after week or whatever. I, I didn't really have a bit like Patrick says, I didn't have that compulsion to, 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 to go back mm-hmm. to it again now. Um, but I mean, the, the, like you say, the, the presentation of it, the kind of way it made it easy for someone like me who, who, who isn't really big into MOBAs, who isn't really into online shooters either. And here's somewhere, a, a company marrying those two things. Obviously, their, their MOBA um, pedigree is, is, is pretty, pretty um, top grade. Um, although I'm sure Riot would have a few words to say about it. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, yeah, it, I just got straight into it. I loved the, the, simple, the simple thing of being able to switch a character out, which, which originally you think th- th- that's rubbish. You know, I've chosen my character. That's my guy or my gal. I'm going to do this. I'm going to play this game. And, you know, the first few times I played it, I'd just stick with the one. I'd be an idiot and I'd just keep going and I'd die and I'd keep going. I'd respawn, keep going with the same person. Then once you start just, just, just swapping around and playing stuff, then it becomes fun. Then you're learning these new things, and I'm sure, like most people, like, I think Danielle, you may have asked me, like, who do I main? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, but, you know <laughs> That's all but, right. Uh, but you know, it, it, it's one of these things. Like, I, I guess most people have a lot quicker than they would in something like Dota and something like uh, League of Legends. They have their mains in Overwatch that much quicker because of the turnover of the games. It's so it's so brisk. It's so exciting. It's not these. You yeah. know, and when you're having a bad game, what's brilliant about it is, it's like when you're having a bad game, it's it's over in what, like five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah. yeah. You're not you're not there for forty. Which, I which do want to pause. Great. What you didn't. It wasn't who do you main? Yeah. Like, oh, was, sorry. That, that's terminology I've missed out on here. I asked uh, who you ship. The uh, the real crucial oh, yeah, so question I, with uh, <laughs> with Overwatch, of course, naturally. Who do you ship? Uh, who do you ship, Danielle? Oh, that's no, no, no. You have to answer that question because I was going to say context clues to figure out what we mean. <laughs> I've, I've done this dog and pony show before. You have to, yeah, give, <laughs> give me an answer. So everybody knows who I ship. I am. I'm the I same mean, with you. You know, we give him an award. We're on the same. We gave him an award this week. We ship <laughs> Sarah and Mercy. Hell yeah, we do. Shipping, Mike, is a is an action you do in which. You look at a, a piece of fictional work, and then you say, "Those two, or they're three, in a relationship, which is where the ship comes oh, from." Oh, I see. Yeah. You're abbreviating. Yeah. Yes. See, if, if you just specified that was an abbreviation, I'd have got. That. You can't just say, "Who do you relationship?" That sounds like <laughs> well, no, that makes, a that bad R and B lyric from 1996. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Jonas wrote that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that exactly. was you know uh, the, the, the cow, the cowboy guy, and the robot. Probably, I mean, okay. yeah, they okay. seem likely. That yeah, no, up. that's good. Yeah, that's one good. Yeah, robot. I don't, one of them. I mean, there's a couple. Bastion. Fox. Oh yes, Bastion the, the, the definitely floating, fucks. The floating. All right, robot. we we're, we're okay. gonna like, be on this one thing forever if we don't. So I'm good. Gonna, I'm good with that. What are some other ones, really quick, that we that we want to make sure that we include on this general uh, big list? Heroes, Gemini Heroes Reborn. Okay, that we're gonna let's talk about that later. <laughs> okay, how about um, Titanfall? Titanfall two, good game. I, we've written a lot about Titanfall two. We've, we will also come back to Titanfall 2 in a later category, so I'm going to pause that one also. Right. But, like, I've settled for a long time that, that a game – the mech game I want is the one that reminds me of this two-episode arc of Gundam 08 MS team. Good. Titanfall does that. Titanfall 2 does that. It's really Scratches weird. Scratches that, that Titanfall, beautiful Titanfall edge. is also uh, – especially Titanfall 2 because it has single player um, – is essentially the modern revival of Shogo from yep. Monolith Accurate. Uh, in the uh. 90s. Titanfall, Great. adding it to the list. What else? Uh, I liked Gears of War four. I had a Gears good time with it. Gears four happened. That's yeah. true. What that, was game your kinda, that game kind of came and went. It, it kind of did, but like for that week, it was okay. I yeah. enjoyed it. 
It was definitely a game I played co-op with my girlfriend. She is a huge Gears sure. fan. Uh, she's sort of the, the, you know, the Gears fan of the relationship. But uh, she brought me in. She's like, here's how you play Gears, because I'd only played a little bit, actually, of the remake of the first Gears right. about a year and a half ago. Uh, so she brought me in. She's like, here's how we play Gears. And I had a wonderful afternoon playing multiplayer. And we played, like, three or four hours of the co-op. Right. Like, co-op uh, single player. Right, so right. Yeah. Yeah, it was rad. It was uh, a really a cool fun, game. well-designed game. Uh, yeah. uh, because of our time limits. Also, Understand. Battlefield 1. <laughs> That came out. People love Battlefield 1. Did anyone hear of a, a deep Battlefield 1 appreciation? Uh, the single player w- didn't get as much credit probably as... Uh, I thought it was interesting. They d- d- DICE is trying some fascinating, if flawed, stuff with their single player stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, they're, you know, the, the idea that World War One is basically something that you, you can't make it not shitty... Yep. Right? Like, World War One was a bad... Like, all wars are bad, okay, right? But, like, They're World bad. War One was, like, a particularly bad war. Especially um, bad, yeah. And they they seem to recognize that no matter what you do, like, the game... like It's very difficult to humanize that um, in the way that you make a video game. Things totally. are going to be goofy and exaggerated. And in their single player, they seem to try and hone in on human stories and were successful in some ways and not successful in others. But, like, I admired their attempt to, like, recognize, like, we are in some ways kind of doing a disservice to World War One by making a game that exaggerates uh, and humorizes World War One by what players are allowed to do. So yeah. let's try and counterbalance that by acknowledging the human cost in the single player, which, yeah. you know, I don't know if those, like, necessarily balance out, but I think it's worthwhile to acknowledge that they tried and acknowledged it was a thing, which is yeah. more than most games try to do. Infinite Warfare. Patrick liked that, I remember. Really great robot buddy. That's I need to play for that <laughs> robot buddy so bad. And also Salter uh, apparently was rad. I, I know some folks who really liked uh, the, the lieutenant. She was a woman. Salter? She was rad. Lieutenant Salter, Captain Salter. Yeah, I think Lieutenant Salter. I, I think that because... She apparently was really cool. Because she's in a fanfic that, that Robert Rath wrote for Hell us. Hell yeah, she which is. is. Which is really... <laughs> It's really fucking good, and it's like uh, the one that I, I didn't expect Robert Rath to write a fanfic for. If Robert Rath writes like these like deep very serious, yeah, serious yeah, things about the future of war or about you know weird gambling machines, yeah. And he's then, like, I got a fanfic pitch for you, and I was like, a oh, word, and he did. It's yeah, beautiful. it's um the the themes of Infinite Warfare sit gross with me the longer I get distanced from that really? game. Really? Um, Why so? Uh, I mean, <laughs> the general premise, uh, like it, it, it also tries to humanize like the cost of war in a sense. But its general message seems to be, you need to die in order for like things to happen. Like mm-hmm. there's a weird like through line in Infinite Warfare where like a lot of characters die in that game, and it's always in the the context of like. Well, if I don't die, then it wasn't worth doing this. And it was sort of, it's just, it's, it sends a weird, like, I know what they're trying to say is, like, accomplish the mission at all costs, but, like, it's, it has settled with me in a very gross way the, the further I, I get from it. But the robot was pretty good. <laughs> okay. Well, I feel and like the campaign, that, And the campaign is designed really well. Like, if I separate the themes from Call of Duty, which is sometimes what you have to do, because, you know, the non. Every year. Yeah, like especially post uh, modern warfare, like where they just, as we have mentioned, like they at least those games tried to acknowledge in some level. Yeah, but for for they, the last few years, there had been like I think about ghosts, where it was just like, oh, South America uprise, like invaded yeah. North America. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's a okay. That was a little rough. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah. Thankfully, some people were prepared. 
Like that's the story good. of the game. And yeah, that's, that ain't great. That's a good message. Um, what else? Uh, I feel like there's even more still just to name super drop hot. really quick. Super yeah, hot. Oh, super hot, hot is yeah. rad. Love super hot. I, and super hot VR just came out and I haven't played it yet, but boy, it's I want to. Good in VR. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, I, I don't know if super hot would. I, I haven't done my top ten yet, so I'm not sure where. Fuck. It would, there's a good chance it would sit somewhere in my top ten, but mm-hmm. like lower. But I need to play it in VR because I think that might shoot it up like five spots. <laughs> yeah, play it's it in VR. Pretty cool, Mike. You play, you play any super hot, super hot? I, super I've not had the pleasure, hot. but I, we had to get it in there, otherwise a whole bunch of my friends wouldn't forgive me. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I totally haven't had the pleasure. One of those, it's one of a handful of titles that I know I should have played this year, but for one reason or other, they just haven't happened yet but i i fully intend to and like you say if it's vr is it vr on on everything i think it's just, just oculus. oculus right now just oculus right well, now. which is not necessarily true because you can download hacks that right right oculus right. exclusive games work on your vibe so it is oculus exclusive but that is you know yeah, you can yeah. make. Some I mean, I mean, there's a fluid yeah. term there. I just want to shout out <laughs> Devil Daggers also. Oh yes, yeah. Devil Daggers. Absolutely right. Also Super Metal. Um, and did I someone think... make Devil Daggers into a game that is not a, a score attack game because uh, yeah. I uh-huh. want the, I want the Devil Daggers aesthetic, the gameplay, the everything about it. I just don't want it in a survival score attack game. Right. Yeah. Take yeah. it out of that. So here's my question for you all: yeah. Given these these people, given this group of people, given given these games. Who do you think is the captain of the Waypoint High School paintball team? If you think about this, I think, two ways. We can do this like the normal way where we yell at each other for an hour about how Overwatch is better than Doom or how Doom is better than Overwatch. (laughs) Or I can think about these people and think who could be the captain of these people. be a good leader. Of the super hot people, of the robot buddy from Infinite Warfare, of one of the Battlefield 1 soldiers, of, you know, uh, JD or Kate from from Gears, of BT and Jack Cooper from Titanfall. Yes. Tracer and, and the whole Overwatch crew of the Doom Marine. Something in my heart says the Doom Marine wants it the most. Yeah. He doesn't have the communication skills. That's, the problem. That's exactly no, the problem. Yeah, but he can, I, punch, with, he can punch some shit. But he can punch. Well, the guy from Titanfall can like punch a guy through the next wall, right? I mean, that guy he is a robot. incredibly powered. No, not the robot even. You're just saying it's just the regular the guy. You just yeah. Punch. yeah, yeah. I think in a one-on-one fight, if, the, if you had to like fight to be the leader... Doom Marine wins. He'd probably win. Except yeah. Super Hawkeye also can control time, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Or is the machine, depending on how you want to yeah. read the ending of that game. I feel like it's going to be an Overwatch character because they can actually communicate and be on teams with one another. And that's like such a crucial aspect of an right. Overwatch character is like leadership and teamwork and getting along with other people and like getting that goal, getting that payload right. through. Because sometimes you, know? you have a Doom Marine on your team and you need to figure out how to get a Doom Marine to work you gotta with use your him. friendly robot button. Yes, yes. Now, and if I may make it. a suggestion, yeah. Well, that that was it. I mean, everyone loves May, right? Everyone looks up to May. Yeah, everyone does. May, kind of May is good leadership qualities. Yeah, and she can I cool you so. off if you're hot. If you're a little hot, that's you're right. Like, hey, calm down. Perfect for Doom Marine guy. Yeah, he exactly. runs a little hot. He runs a little hot. You know that hellfire that burns in his heart. He can. She can bring out her little robot buddy. Her little robot buddy who cools everybody down. She has that little. I think I'm gonna. Can we agree that May is the captain of this team? Yes. Sure. You don't have your heart in it. <laughs> I know you want to be Doomerine in your heart. I know you do. Well, I just, Doomerine, I just, at Doomerine's some point, at some point, May will fail and Doomerine will step up. So it's fine. <laughs> oh, oh no! Well, yeah. listen, she can have it. She can have it. Wow, ice cold, ice cold. <laughs> Doomerine, Doomerine is fine for letting other people take the glory, and he knows when the, the rubber hits the road, he's got that shit. 
Right. In in British football, that we I don't know what it's like over there in US sports. We have a, a captain on the pitch, yeah. so that can be May. But we have a club captain too. Ah. And that's the person that just kind of he's he's you know they're the real leader. You know, I so, see. so it, it, they go unheralded, but you know they're the one who who the press know is. I see. Really, the really real. Okay. Down, so yeah, we'll keep that in so mind. When things turn to hell, literally when go to hell. Yeah, you go you to know. the Doom Marine. It's also kind of the Doom Marine's fault. The thing, anyway, it is actually his fault. Someone spoiled Doom for me. I haven't so. beaten Doom, but someone got deep into the Doom lore with me. Next up, speaking of hell, yeah, we're gonna go to hell. Speaking of hell, of, with the Waypoint High Horror Club. In yeah, my mind, this is like I don't know if you ever had like a horror club or a science fiction fantasy club. Like at college, we had one that was just like we're gonna watch a bunch of scary movies. Yep, and like we're gonna get a little bit of money to do that to, because the school has some extra curricular money. It's the best part of college. So, so I'm gonna look at Patrick and Mike because Mike, you wrote this piece, and Patrick, you are our horror buff on staff, like the number one horror yeah. buff I know in my life. Who? That's right. I said, who's the horror person in the world? And I said, oh, it's Why Patrick. And then I said, now who's going to write our year-end recap on horror? Ga- oh, Mike. That's what I did. That's how it Inadvertently, worked. yeah. Oh, yeah, totally inadvertently. So, like, what, <laughs> what were the games here that this year? To talk about horror. And I, I, for me, the lens that I want to talk about this in is, like, it's kind of a broad lens for what horror counted as this year. It wasn't a lot of traditional horror games. So, so Patrick, what stood out for you? I'm trying to, I mean, I, th- I remember when we were talking about this category, like, yeah, there isn't um, there isn't a lot of like what we would traditionally consider sort of like the horror, like you know, games like Outlast Two were delayed out of this year. Uh, you know, last year we had um, Soma, like you know, the sequel or the follow up from the developers of Amnesia. Uh, so there just wasn't a whole lot of that this year. But I don't think you you can you can't argue that Inside right. isn't like horror. Like it's more like is there horror or are the games that were horrifying or like creepy or thrilling? Like uh, it's I always find. It's funny when I look at like the you know library and uh, Netflix and iTunes, yeah, um, where they have the category for horror and thriller, but like most movies can like fall under like that both of those categories, and it basically just means like horror. Are you like a weirdo that wants to like watch people <laughs> bleed to death, or do you like? And the thrillers like we don't put those movies in there, right. <laughs> and so I feel like 2016 was a lot more of like thrillers, like like Inside is a creepy, unnerving. Uh, but it's not jump scares. It's not going to necessarily like weird you out in the way we traditionally sort of throw under the umbrella of horror. I'm not sure if you felt differently, Mike, but that was kind of my takeaway of 2016 was like, it was, it was different than what we normally consider horror, but it doesn't mean that what falls in that category wasn't worthwhile. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was no, we, we obviously got a bit of resident evil with the seven demo and stuff, sure. but I mean the, 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 the actual resident evil game that came out, we shouldn't talk about at all. Um, <laughs> but you know, well, I mean, the, it's, umbrella corpse is horrifying, but for a reason, right. yeah. put it in this yeah. category. It's 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 pretty terrible. There was layers of fear, I suppose, which which was more kind of straightforward horror, but didn't All right, really yeah. do it for me very much. Um, but it yeah, was like, trying a little too hard. Yeah, yeah, it was. I there think was the Zero sort of remake. VR. I had fun with had, that. But oh, right, oh yeah, yeah, well, that yeah. did come out. Yeah. This year. yeah, yeah, we've we've had some some HDs, but yeah, in, Inside. Um, I mean, there were there were bits of Inside that just creeped me out incredibly. That the first encounter with that underwater creature mermaid merman mm-hmm. all the hair everywhere and, and and some of the sound design in that game is just it's just perfect you know horror works on le- a, a lot more levels than just you know what you're seeing with your eyes 
and I mean that's exactly the same reason why um, Oxenfree uh, got to me sure. a little bit uh, under the skin. Like the sound design in that is is just engineered to set your hairs on end and get the ends of your fingers just sort of numbing on the pad, and you kind of don't want to press on, even though it's kind of a cutesy, kitschy, you know, of aesthetic looking game, like eighties throwback, yeah. Stranger Things adjacent. Yes, very much. Stranger Stranger Things, Things, right? by yeah, a couple months, yeah. Things, yeah. Um, but I mean, the, I, I, I know who did the music. I don't know who uh, a guy called uh, Scientific. Scientific I yeah, to, Scientific yeah. also last year did the soundtrack for Galaxy. Oh, uh, nice! Really fantastic, very analog sounding um, synth stuff. I, I don't know if, how what he records on, but uh, yeah, super good synths. He records on synths. <laughs> he does record on synths. It's like Dag. Sure. Yeah. He also has a side story oxen free soundtrack and a uh, he did the soundtrack for Mr. Robot Exfiltration. Ooh. That mobile Mr. Robot game. Nice. Like, was okay. Yeah. So, Check that out. He's, he's weirdly, I mean, because I mean, th- those kind of things are kind of more like, I, I guess, like sci-fi, spooky kind of things. When I was at uh, uh, Indicade in Paris, it turns out he's doing the music for a game called Old Man's Journey, which oh. is just like bucolic, like, like really pretty, like puzzle game. Like literally, you control an old man walking somewhere. But anyway, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah Oxford, that adds Oxford, up. Oxford yeah. Was yeah, sure, why not? Uh, I mean, and there was there was a I, I, Ed Smith wrote a piece on this um, for us pre Waypoint, but I think it's on Waypoint now. Um, about you know that there's parts of Firewatch that play like a wonderful suspense. Totally, film. you could call you can throw that into horror. You know, there, there's a bit in. I, I, I mean, you don't want to spoil it for anyone, but you know there is a bit of that game, like a relatively long section where your mind's playing tricks on you. You're, you're racing ahead of the story. You're trying to fill in gaps that that you think are there to be filled, and you know with with with, with what might be happening. You know, there's this strange camp, like maybe you know um, supernatural forces are involved and. Around the time, you, I mean, you get there's a bit where you get clunked on the back of the head, and you're like, "What the hell? Right. Like, am I being hunted out here? Like, is this going to be like a you know a 180 turn? I thought it was just a nice little walk in the woods, and now there's someone else <laughs> out here with me. Like, that's terrifying. Like, you know, yeah. there's this unseen presence, and and like the the thing that scares me more than monsters and stuff is just like you know when it's just just a regular thing gone wrong, just just gone wrong, like a guy, you know, a, a man that's wrong. Like that's why some of Inside is so haunting because like you know you see us in a lot of the horrors of that game and you see what we do or what we where we're going with a lot of that game with you know various uh well again i don't i don't spoil any of it because i know there's so many interpretations of it as well um i think i read totally. the thing i uh, just read to led, led to about like 20 different interpretations or something uh someone else was telling me recently it's like a whole meditation on cancer or something it's 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 oh wow I could see that and, yeah i could totally and see out that. there um but yeah yeah there's in a, in a year of very few kind of quote-unquote traditional horror games like inside definitely stuck with me the longest totally um, uh i would i would argue uh what probably is my favorite horror game of the year uh is is thumper Ooh, oh, right. nice. Thought about that. Um, you know, when I uh, wrote about it earlier this year, that's kind of the connection I made. It, it reminded me a lot of, um, like specifically, uh, like seventies Italian horror and, totally. and aesthetic. Um, and uh, it's it's a game that, especially, uh, I recently had a chance to start playing it in VR, um, in which like the 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 tension of that game is amplified by your proximity to the beetle and and the music uh uh in virtual reality yeah. and, the, and the, the the crazy visuals like it's enhanced uh several fold by being virtual reality but i think it's still very effective on a monitor but that that game like i've never played a music game that made me feel unnerved and sweat and that game did that which is a pr- pretty profound <laughs> totally accomplishment um and 
So I, I totally think of that game. Like, there's a reason they call it the, the developers coined the term rhythm violence for that game because I, I think that helps give you a sense of like what what that game's aesthetic and vibe is. And I definitely felt that way playing it. Where I, I mean, it's it's a it's a game that I don't play for long stretches because it just leaves me feeling in a weird place. And so I absolutely think that while it may be sort of a music game, I'm not sure there are enough music games released these days to have a category for that kind of stuff anymore. But I, I think uh, if, if you think of that game more holistically, it is, it is totally within the, the horror universe and, and was the one that made me feel the most on edge while actually playing it. Yeah. I love that. I think that's a really smart uh, – I'd completely forgotten that. And also like I didn't stop playing it because of that, but I did stop playing it because I was like not in the place to be in a, in a game that intense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not a game that you can just play. Oh, nope. I got 15 minutes. Like, let's play exactly. Thumper! Totally cannot you Gotta be. get your Thumper pants uh, on for that yeah. one. You so know? I think, is that about it this year for, for a game, for horror games? I that think we, it, that I we think it is. interacted with? I think Thumper Beetle probably wins because it's the most intense, and I think it would eat that, that kid from it inside would alive. From inside. It would. I mean, unless you want to... Yeah, the beetle. Well, yeah, the beetle would eat the kid. Is it the beetle or is That's it something else in Thumper? Is it one of those giant faces? Oh, the oh, face one of those thing. <laughs> Spider skull no, guy. It's, it be I think it's the beetle because here, like, here's my pitch for the beetle. Here's the pitch the beetle makes. Right. It's not one of those big face things. No one would vote that cl- or a club president. Ever. Well... They would try to intimidate you, but the we see what happens say, in democracy in America okay, this year. Right, I don't know. If, you're right, we're talking it's about 2016. Danielle, <laughs> fine. I was going to give a whole speech about how the Beatle would like show that you could progress through, like it would lead you into horrific situations, but it would still. Like, oh, we can watch this thing. It'll, It'll be lead you through. No, you're right. It's the giant creepy yeah. face from Thumper. 2016. <laughs> giant creepy face <laughs> from Thumper. Typed. I feel like it had a weird name. I'm sure it was it like did. a friend. I love my buddy. I'll look it up. Yeah, it's all right. Next up, next up. Let's one second. Let's just take a quick break. We should probably take get a my quick... get my feet under me. Need a minute. I just need a minute. Need to take a knee. I need to take. I need to take two knees. I need to. Take I need to take both knees and sleep. <sighs> <sighs> next up, Wednesday, we had the drama club. One of my faves. And on one hand, I was real quick. I just want to say that we have. Uh, this is fun because we get to talk about who our, our favorite performers were this year, our favorite, uh, you know, games that had voice acting and, and that had great stories and narratives and, and all that. Um, but I do want to say that the article that went with this award is a really great uh, piece from Ian Williams, kind of looking at the SAG after strike over the last year, talking to a bunch of people involved with it from different angles. Uh, definitely go check that out on the site because it's, I think, a pretty a pretty good piece of reporting that that helped uh, that helps you. Like if you've been on the outside of that and kind of hearing bits and pieces of it, going there is a, is a good resource. Just kind of like, okay, why is this happening? What's what's the takeaway? Yeah. Uh, so definitely check that out. Um, and, and given that, I, I do want to start here because this award is weird, right? It's not even an award. This club is weird because I, I do want to talk about primarily like the great characters of this yeah. year and the great actors of this year, so to speak, both in terms of characters that were written well and characters that were performed well. Um, and I think it's hard not to start with Firewatch probably because yeah. that game is pretty – I mean it's built on two things I think, which is like – Environment and performance, um, and, and well, like and narrative, right? Like, but narrative heavily on that that performance um, from Rich Summer and Sissy Jones. Sissy Jones, Sissy yeah. Jones. And I think they both just like were exceptional. Um, I, I I think I there were times that I like deeply, just not despised, but like 
I was just not into fucking the main character in yeah. a way that you don't like people in stories. And that's not a thing that happens in games super often where you can have a sort of bitterness towards someone or uh, a kind of um, resentment towards them and like how they're unhealthy uh, uh, or how they are like they don't take care of their own mental well-being or how they treat other people in their lives while also playing as that character especially. Like, it's a hard thing for games to do to put you into a position of someone who is not necessarily the best person. Um, Especially we, with that resorting to like he kicks puppies and right, kills children. Exactly. It's like no, he's just like has some shitty stuff with relationships. Exactly. And also you know? isn't a bad person right. and also can be funny and goofy and playful but also like gets into his hole sometimes and just like doesn't want to deal with people. Yeah. Um, and I think it gave you a, a really great cho- choice to do that. Um, it, it provided a great voice work for that character and then also gave you a, a fantastic foil in Delilah, uh, Sissy Jones's character, who was – who felt like a real character who had her own interests and her own um, uh, kind of motivations and her own habits but also was – reflective enough or flexible enough to adjust with the way you were playing your character making choices to to find uh, ways to bring out different sides of my my own like choices and and, and my own understanding of uh the main character harry harry's yes. the main character yeah so that's my like definitely want to include the characters from firewatch in this in this drama club i, I can't imagine I can't imagine that game with uh, – or I can't imagine a drama club in 2016 that doesn't have those characters and those performers in it. Yeah. So. I totally, totally agree. I also just really love games uh, actually taking on something like doomed relationships or yeah. difficult relationships yeah. in a really human and really painful and excruciating way that actually reflects – what reality feels like sometimes totally. like it's 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 so rare that relationships are even in games and usually when they are it's something kind of transactional like i love mass effect mm-hmm. love me some mass effect a mm-hmm. lot of awesome space fantasy and awesome sexy space fantasy but also but that's not how it works you don't talk to somebody and say the right dialogue and then oh it's sexy times and now everything's cool <laughs> like that's not actually how life works i know it might be a, a lesson to some Folks. Some people, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's 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 hard and difficult and and so difficult to make relationships work, and sometimes they don't even when you do your best. Totally, and this game really acknowledged that in yeah. a very straightforward way, and I loved it. And I also love that it's pretty and in the woods. Uh, and it's I think super pretty. And super <laughs> in the woods. I like those things. I also want to give a, a huge shout out. I think uh, Alex Hernandez, who mm. who voiced Lincoln Clay in Mafia Three, did totally. A, bang-up job. I, I think a lot of people in that game did a bang-up job. Yes. I don't know how deep into that you are, Patrick, but, like, I think... Uh, I'm, like, 10 I'm like ten hours now, and, that, that like, the the open-world part of that game doesn't do much for mm-hmm. me, but the performances They're in that game so are... They're fucking so good. So good. Like, just, even just... Uh, it, it's not only the performances, but it's, like, the, the way they capture them in the animation, yep. like, the way they present them. That priest uh, is so sad. That, oh, priest that priest is so sad. He's so good. And, like, reflective and... The way he shakes his head. Yeah. It just, it bums me there out. There are moments of just, like, the flicker of, of, of movement in your eye or in a character's eyes of just, like, having a thought and then having a second worst thought that's, like, really yeah. so fantastically done. All the poor... Like, ranging from, like, bitterness over how someone someone uh, treated you in the past or how, like, the the way it seems that time is, is on a collision... You know, history is on a collision course with disaster like two goofball weirdo john donnelly in the cia who was just <laughs> if you haven't watched here's a thing i'm gonna can i time out can i spoil a mm-hmm. thing yeah you can in yeah. mafia three heads up jump yeah. ahead two minutes 
if you don't want to know, can I can I add? I haven't played any Mafia Three yet, but go on. Go on this is a thing anyway, that has nothing to do with the I'm, main story. Actually, no, no, I'm going to spoil two things in Mafia Three. Go for it, real quick, just while we have, we're on the topic. of We're Mafia doing 3. it. Two things. So jump ahead maybe five minutes. The first <laughs> thing is nothing to do with performances, <laughs> yeah. but is a cool fucking thing that is that I don't think most people who played that game noticed, or when I brought it up on Twitter, a lot of people hadn't noticed it. On your way to the final mission in Mafia Three, the music on the radio changes to modern covers of the old songs that are in that world. So good, and so it takes on this very like true detective vibe of like modern rock, like bluesy rock cover of nineteen sixties classic. Uh, and it's, it's a bunch of different ones. You could change the radio station and find different ones that like suit the mood you think Lincoln Clay is in. And it's like a really brilliant touch that is not going to be noticed by anybody this year. And I wanted to shout that out. The second thing is there's a post credit scene in that game. The thing happens. There's a multiple different endings. You know, like so I'm, I'm not even going to try to spoil all of those. Who cares? But there <laughs> is. I mean, they're good. I like. I think all the endings are really fantastic. They actually. It. I, I beat that game right after beating another game that I was really unsatisfied of the, yeah. the ending, and then beating that immediately after I was like, oh right, people know how to end games sometimes. It's actually nice work the post credit scene is john donovan i said donnelly before it's john it's okay. donovan <laughs> who's the cia agent it's it's his like uh documentary section you know his like his um, talking his stand-up basically like talking to the but it's him talking to the cia it's found footage or not oh, the cia the, right. uh, the congress like special commission yeah, yeah. that's interviewing him and at the end of it they're like oh so is that it basically and he's like there's one more thing and that other thing is, I found something. They're like, why were you involved in this to begin with? Which is a good question, because why was he involved yeah. in this to begin with? <laughs> yep. And he says, when I was over in, in Nam, you, you, he says, do you know where I was when JFK was shot? And do you, know, do you remember where you were? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I was at home. It was sad. It was really sad about it. He's like, were you? Because when I was, I was over in Nam when it all happened. And I was next to so-and-so, and I was sad, and blah, blah, blah. So I determined when I got back, I was out here because of JFK. And when I got back, I'd find out what really happened. And I'll tell you what happened. I found out that Sal Marcano was involved with the killing of JFK. Oh, my God. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, the whole commission was, And he's like, and that's not all. Guess whose names I saw on that con- on his uh, paperwork, Congressman? And the Congressman was like, "What are you? What are you getting at? This is nonsense. Turn off the cameras." He's like, "No, keep the cameras on. I want everybody to see this because I want them to know I'm coming for them next." And he pulls out a gun and shoots the Congressman who's been, who's been asking him questions the whole game. It's amazing good. and absurd. It's so good. <laughs> People are looking at me because I'm screaming. People are staring at me in this office. Good. It's good. What? It's a good thing. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, oh. It's like this moment of like, oh, is this what's happening with the series? Is this what's next? Like here's, for, here's what we're, we're, we're doing. I don't know. I don't know what's next. That's but amazing. If it's that, then goddamn. If the next game is like John Donovan goes after the mob, Mafia JFK. Mafia JFK yeah. connections. <laughs> or it's a weird, funny, like, oh shit, why was he in this game? I don't know. We'll add a little thing at the end. Yeah. It's really well performed. That's, anyway, that's pretty rad. So I like it's that. on my list. But yeah, uh, uh, Lincoln Clay's voice actor Alex, uh, Hernandez, Alex Hernandez was fantastic, and really love seeing. Uh, you know, I think this was a year where blackness was on, where it was in games in a way yeah. that it hadn't been. American Afri- like African American characters all over games. Marcus is fan- Marcus uh, from Watch Dogs Two was fantastic. Uh, yes. uh, the stuff that happened with Horatio was bad, but was still like their interactions were fantastic. And, and it, it's been a year where like I didn't think I would see black characters interacting with other black characters and games and I did and they were all really those interactions were fantastic so I want to shout that out also does Anything Virginia else? rate in that as well yeah or Virginia is that... rates like for the opposite reason like, yeah I was gonna uh, say you were a big Virginia fan talk talk to us about Virginia 
I, I don't know about big. I played it. I, I played <laughs> it again uh, just last night um, to kind of put some pieces in order in my head. I enjoyed it enough, and when I played it through, and I enjoyed it, and I read some people who really didn't enjoy it. So that kind of sat with me for a while, and I thought, well, what did I miss the first time that? That, that you know maybe I've interpreted it wrong maybe I've missed some things and I watched I, you know I just a little bit of a slip of the tongue there I watched it again you know yeah. I played well. it again <laughs> nice, um, nice. And, uh, and and I, I do enjoy it I do like the way that when you play it for a second time the pieces kind of come together a little bit clearer you can see exactly what um, Anne Tarver is your character for the most part what her partner in it is kind of doing it all for you it all kind of makes sense a bit more you understand better the connection between and your character's dad and what your partner's been through and again there's you know it's such a short game it's one of those games that that i think everyone should play if they can but i can absolutely guarantee that you know 99 percent of people who do play it aren't going to fall in love with it right um but uh but i think and, and weirdly here we are talking about drama club and stuff you know a lot is suggested through symbolism a lot is through very very slight gestures which is you know really saying something given the kind of low detail artwork there's not a single word in the whole game and i kind of admire that you know here is this very very heavy heavy narrative game and they've not got anyone saying anything and even even when they give you documents they show you documents sometimes so you can think you can get to read it and you'll be able to press a or whatever to skip ahead but it will skip on for you it just gives you that little taste that little Mm -hmm. thing right you know that's that's why you're investigating this matter. That's how this character connects to that character. But now we're going to take it away because we don't want to leave it dwelling on it. Um, you know we want to keep the kind of the mystery and stuff. And I, I appreciate. That. I mean, it, it got like all the kind of Twin Peaks parallels, early doors, and some of them were X Files. You know, I didn't really get the X Files thing until I played it again. Until I realized that your partner in it is basically you know, a, an, a, an older female Fox Mulder, right? Almost, you know, <laughs> hidden away in the basement. Uh, you know, pursuing, uh, well, sort, sort, sort of uncovering corruption within the FBI. Yeah, uh, that's un- the, the that's the angle that I ended up liking the most on my second. So I, I, I beat it, and then I, I beat it. I was really tough, yeah. toughy. Um, I played it. through it once, and then I played through it a second time, and and I went into it the second time hoping to figure out more about what the weird sci-fi stuff was, or the weird like magical realism twin peaksy x-filesy stuff um and that isn't and it ended up not being my the focus of my attention the second time through for, for people who don't know virginia is a game in which you play this woman ann tarver who gets ann space tarver not i didn't just mispronounce antarctica Ant-Tarver. or ann arbor yes. <laughs> um ann tarver who is a woman of color which is an important thing for what i'm about to, to pivot to uh who who joins up with another woman of color to become an, an investigator and go look for this missing kid and along the way again we're going to be spoiling stuff today i should have said that at the top um in fact spoiler cast maybe i should have uh, after this i'll do a quick pickup that you can in- input tim um, so you're playing Ann Tarver, who is this FBI agent who works with her partner to look for this missing kid. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. And 
along the way ends up with like weird visions of buffalo in the middle of the streets and masked figures and all sorts of uh, kind of surreal things. Um, but and I wanted to figure out if I'd missed something at the end of that game. The end of that game is like a freight train of like overt symbols that you know that you're supposed to like what's the buffalo mean like what's the bird mean it's like very heavy-handed i think in those things but the stuff that actually is a lot more subtle and a lot more interesting i think those those overlap but things more subtle is that it's also very much i think a game that wants to talk about the relationships the ways in which structures operated by whiteness by Mm -hmm. white masculinity utilize people who are women and people of color to like self-police those spaces to keep them white spaces. Um, Specifically, you end up being... And this is the thing you know from the jump that I did not realize the first time through because of the thing Mike was just talking about. Mm. It'll show you a document and then it'll rapidly move on. You get uh, get a second assignment at the beginning of that game, which is to report on your partner. Mm. That you're really like internal affairs trying to see if she is up to some shit. uh, And the big conflict towards the end of the game is you and her... You kind of she kind of finds out that that's what you're doing, um, and then you take some acid and things go wild. Whoa. But the second time I played through, I was picking up on all these other cues about the way that men were looking towards women in that game to sure. do to do emotional labor for them, to do creative labor for them, to get their hands dirty. Um, that that it was you know your your partner's mother had done a lot of the same investigation in her past. Um, of figuring out who was corrupt and figuring out that like people were being pushed down for, for various reasons. She'd been part of a bunch of like real life student groups in college that were leftist or political uh, groups. And like that ended up being a real surprise to me that that stuff was in there because this is a game made by a couple of Brits, a couple of white dudes in Britain. <laughs> uh, if I, if I, belie- I believe that's true. Is that true? It is a British game, yeah. It's a yeah. British game, and I don't know the team composition. I know that uh, Lewis Gordon did a really great interview with one of the people who made the game, who's, who's a white dude from England. Um, and I think that the, the restraint shown there is what I wish had been brought to the more wild, uh, more uh, uh, sci-fi stuff, which I thought was just either one step too close to Twin Peaks, like the bar scene, or one step to just like out there I don't know it was it was a little frustrating but the but the stuff that they were restrained about I liked it on a whole bunch yeah I liked the cult stuff the cult stuff made more sense second time the the well, we, we've already said that we, we right. don't mind spoiling things right but yeah yep. uh, the 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 aliens side yeah. of things that there's kind of thrown in there um, I think you, you I mean you kind of it's kind of in there three times but, yeah. but none of it really I can't I, you know on that second play I couldn't fit it in i think it's just like, or losing it didn't 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 lose anything from the game for me i was quite happy for it to not be there yeah i if it had not been there i think i would have been happier for it yeah. and i think that the eventual my eventual read on it ended up being like oh this kid is torn between two things either he can stay in this town and become another kind of miserable old white dude that he doesn't want to be because he can see them for what they are like that's he sees an act of infidelity that makes him understand that that the, the infrastructure around him is corrupt and bad, and he wants to get the fuck out. And there's kind of a desire to be taken away there by the aliens. And then it's like the cult stuff is like, oh, it's a white mask, and they're killing a buffalo, and like there aren't any buffaloes in Virginia anymore because white people moved there and killed them all. Like that's the also the game is named Virginia. Gotcha. So well, now I don't need to play it. That's the stuff I'm that's like. Yeah, I, I actually am very curious. You about should it. play this game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also, 
I wish that stuff was a, just a little more reined in. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't. I sense. didn't know I'd have that much to say about Virginia, but I never got to have that Virginia conversation. Apparently. So. Well, it's the it's the drama club. You yeah. got you get <laughs> to let the, it all I, out on stage. I brought that drama. That's right. Couple other things this year in terms of performances. Anything else stick out? Because I know there's stuff. I mean, I feel I like wanna, the I most. Give, oh God. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the most drama club game of all was the Witness. But <sighs> yeah, well. We'll talk about that on another day. Uh, we will we sure will. <laughs> a lot of monologues I, I wanna get, in that game. <laughs> I want to give a shout out for uh, beautiful hamminess to Aidan Gillen, uh, who who just makes Quantum Break such a enjoyable, <laughs> oh, good. enjoyable. I, I will TV add Quantum movie, Break movie, like like thread of loveliness and ridiculous overacting until right <laughs> at the end, and then he ruins the whole game. But um, oh. Yeah, yeah. I think Patrick, you wrote something about how he ruins the whole game at the end, but that, not through his acting, just because. Well, that was because the last boss battle yeah, sucks. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> that is that is I, what I appreciate about a Quantum Break is what I appreciate about it, Max Payne is that it, uh, Remedy has an appreciation for uh, letting people just chew through scenery. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, they have an appreciation for B movies. They have an appreciation for just like letting people wildly overact in a way that I super appreciate. Yeah, I, I wanted to. It's funny when we're talking about shooters. I, I almost mentioned it then because Quantum Break actually plays a lot closer to Doom than I think a lot of people tried to play it as. Uh-huh. Where you have to you have to keep moving forward to to do anything. You can't. It's not Gears of War. It's more Doom. Anyway, let's uh, crack on. I think one more th- or two more things I want to shout out. One is drama in two different ways. <laughs> one is that I think it's a game that has a lot of systemically uh, driven drama um, in that it, it's a game that's filled with all these characters who have needs and desires and wants that then clash together in ways that make dramatic things happen. And that game is RimWorld. Yes. And the second reason it's dramatic is because, boy, Whew. RimWorld was a tough thing this year in, in for, for a day or two. Sure um, was. There was a really fantastic article that went up on uh, Rock, Paper, Shotgun a few months ago, maybe a month and a half ago now. Yeah. Maybe less than that because it was after we launched. It um, was after we launched. About yeah. a month ago, that dug into the way in which sexual attraction worked in that game, uh, that that revealed that the way it worked for men and women, not just sexual attraction, but like attraction in general, yeah. was different in a way that like reflected some some perspectives on the way world and the biology function that were like a little like, ugh. And it, it was a very dramatic yes. uh, evening on Twitter, let's say. It sure was. Worth going to check out that piece and and to have like a deep thought about what you feel about creators and their politics and their games. And that's a game I really enjoy and also really disagree with his politics. And we've covered it. We're going to continue to cover it as it as it goes forward. But it's it's definitely that was one of those moments of like, man, boy, do I disagree with you about some fundamental shit. Yes, very, uh, very much. So. And the other one, a game that I actually think I, I is it's gunning for my number one spot. And I don't want to dig into it too deep because I'm I'm. We'll see. And it's not a game that has much voice acting. Is Quadrilateral Cowboy. Oh, um, yes. And I just want to bring it up here because if the if the video game – or sorry, I almost called it the video game high school, which was our working name another, before uh, I realized that was another thing. another thing entirely. Waypoint High Drama Club had someone who made sets for them. They needed a set director. It would be the crew from Quadrilateral Cowboy. Absolutely. And it would be, it would be Brendan Chung who is the, the lead designer and game creator on that. That game is beautiful. It has amazing sets and it pivots between – this like really smart puzzle design and really emotive um, kind of an affective uh, kind of 
dioramas that you're in for these brief moments where it's like you and your pals hanging out on a rooftop watching a sunset or like riding mopeds down a like hover mopeds down a future <laughs> highway yeah. um it's my favorite game for a lot of reasons this year and it's a game i'd forgotten about and and recently went back to it was like oh right like this is this is a game that before I played it, I had been burning out and forgotten why I like games. Uh, in many ways, it was like the anti-witness this year, and yeah. I really needed that. Even though I like the witness more than I thought I more than now uh, a year later almost, yeah. I, it turns out I just have some fondness for the witness. Even though at the time I was kind of like about it. Um, so yeah, I just want to say Quadrilateral Cowboy definitely check that out, please. Yeah. Uh, so who game. do you think is the like the lead actor or actress or the director? The director I think is maybe the director the, of the, the head club. of the drama club. Who's who's putting it on? It does seem like Lincoln Clay might just take it for himself. That's I think he true. might. I think he might. <laughs> no, so here's the thing: is maybe what he's going to do is he's going to say like charismatic leading man too. Right. Yeah, he's he's both. He's the actor, director, lead, the yeah. lead and the director. It's like you can work with me or against me. Yeah. Like he's just ready to go, and he's going to build a coalition of people who work for him. And if the people, I mean, I could see him putting, I could see him putting Harry in, but being like Harry, you fucking own uh-huh. me. Uh-huh. Exactly. I I gave you that. Same with like Delilah. I feel like, totally. yeah, he would give her a faction. Yeah. In fact, he gave you know. her a, a fire tower. He's yeah, that's like, right. you go and you this hold part this of the fire forest. tower. He, what, what the problem is, eventually, they're, go, they're both going to be like, well, who gets the stage? And then he's going to have to decide. And oh. it's going to be bad. It's going to be messy. <laughs> it's going to be messy. All right. Lincoln Clay, very proud of you. Yeah. Good work. Uh, next up, this is going to be one I'm going to rely on you a lot, Patrick, because I know you have a lot of thoughts about time travel. I know it's weird for yeah. a high school to have a time travel club. But it's been a weird year in which I think a number of games have done time travel and done it pretty well. Really well. So At least the ones on here, yeah. Yeah, the ones on here have for sure. So, so Patrick, start with start – with, let's start at the top. What was the first time this year you thought games are going to do time travel? <laughs> Gemini Heroes Reborn. I don't know. What is the that? licensed video game spinoff of the reboot <laughs> of the Heroes NBC television show that had one good season – Except for the season finale where they should have killed off Siler, but they okay. didn't because they wanted to keep oh around for a ratings boost. And he Patrick, was about to be. Patrick, this was the real drama Patrick, club. Patrick, we along. need you to be. Come on, come on back down. I get it. Heroes, heroes took a turn, but can we just let's talk about Heroes Reborn? Gem, Gemini and Heroes. Season two was not okay. very. If you good. could go back in time, three Patrick, was like a circus. Season three was like a circus. People, was it? You know, one time, yeah. one time, I walked into my <laughs> apartment and my roommate was watching Heroes, yeah. and she was like, uh-huh. "Oh, Heroes is real good this year." I'm like, "Oh, what's it about?" <laughs> and she's like, "One side, on one side, there are the there are the the uh, I almost said mutants, <laughs> the heroes, the powered people. What are they called in Heroes?" I don't the, know. The next gens, the yeah. millennials. Sure. On one side, the there were the millennials <laughs> that have powers, and they want to be good with humans. And there's another side, yep. like, oh, they're the bad guys? And she was like, no, like, sort of. But, like, they have a leader who who thinks that, like, the humans are always going to keep us down. And, like, we're the next – they're the next step of, of the millennials or the next step of, of human evolution. I'm like, oh, so he was like Magneto. And she's like, nah, he can control the, the earth. <laughs> He, he can control rocks. Control the earth. He, he can control rocks. And I was like, that's still Magneto. And she disagreed. Oh. Gemini Heroes yeah. Reborn came out this so, year. Okay. <laughs> it did. It did. Uh, I, I, can't, I couldn't tell you why I played this game to begin with. Like, I really don't. I think you, uh, in the article I, I, you wrote about it for Kotaku earlier in the year, you were like, someone insisted I play this game. Like, someone on Twitter yeah, like, like, yelled at me. There, there was some, yeah, there was like someone that said, like, hey, like, no one's going to play this game. 
someone should play this game and like point out that it's pretty good and if you if you tell people maybe they'll listen and uh they're right like it's uh, it's not a game that you need to uh you don't need to have played or, or rather watched any heroes to have any appreciation for it i have no idea where it fits in the lore of heroes but it's a uh like a moderately scoped uh like sort of b level game that has really interesting uses of time travel powers. Um, and it, like, doles them out very quickly. The game doesn't stick around too long. Um, uh, more than Dishonored 2 uh, or... Uh, Titanfall 2. Uh, Titanfall 2. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it's not just a level. Like, it's a whole three or four hour game that uh, deploys all these interesting powers. Like, you know, the whereas uh, you, you have the ability to, like, peek into another world, like, temporarily, so you can, like, set yourself up, kind of like in Dishonored 2. Dishonored 2 allows you the same... Uh, sort of power um, where you can sort of set up what you want to do to the other timeline mm-hmm. uh, by just taking a peek over there as opposed to a game like Titanfall 2, which forces you to sort of uh, completely swap to the other side and then sort of deal with it. And it's just a uh, – it's part of the reason I have such a deep appreciation for <laughs> the Gemini Reborn is because of what it is, right? Like it's a hero's <laughs> spin-off game. Yep. Like it should be it should be fucking garbage and the developers that were assigned that could have looked at it and gone this is we don't know. Like, we don't uh, have to do electricity. This. She has electricity powers. She can shoot people with electricity. She can use her electricity powers to power up doors that need yeah. to be open. She zap can a use door. Her, zap a door. She could stun enemies like and they could have called it a day. <laughs> Well, it's, it could have been a bad game, and exactly. instead, like it's just it's a, it's a good game that is wrapped up in a license that makes most people not want to play it because why would they want to play a Heroes game? So, like it's it, it sort of pales in comparison to what was accomplished in Titanfall Two and Dishonored Two because of sort of the the scale and budget uh, and and, and, and uh, of what those two games had. So it's like I as much as I like Dishonored Two and Titanfall Two and what they did, like I appreciate Heroes more mm. because of what it accomplished, given what it's your expectations for it were given what it was probably expected of it from the people who put it into production. Like it's a great game uh, sort of in spite of itself. And they, they just made this really smart, interesting uh, time travel game that I I'm shocked. I liked as much as I did and I wish more people had played it. Yeah. Also this year, You've mentioned the other two, Titanfall 2, which, you, again, you wrote a yeah. really great piece on that level, specifically affecting cause, and Dishonored 2, which I have not yet gotten to that level. Oh, I hope so to good. before we record this pod, before uh-huh. the podcast goes sure. live. Sorry. Yeah. And uh-huh. Doom and so many other things. Take a drink. Take a drink. Yeah. Um, drink yeah. it. I mean, Doom almost has Open time up this travel. gin real quick. Yeah. Shout <laughs> out to my boss for getting me a dope bottle of Thanks. gin for Thanks. Christmas. Thank you. We'll See put ya. that in our, um, our no, drinks. Yeah, we'll make some gin and tonics when everyone's in the office again. Uh, Danielle, tell me about the time travel level in Dishonored 2. Oh, it's called a crack in the slab. And good it name. is so good. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, we already know I, I like Dishonored 2. I think it has some of the best level design and sort of mission design yeah. in a game this year. And, and maybe even uh, beyond that, I think it's it's really, really impeccably well designed because it, it respects player choice. You actually can go about things in, uh, with multiple sort of valid approaches. And that always makes me very happy to feel respected as a player who wants to do things their way. Um the crack in the slab mission, uh, you know, light spoilers. Uh, you, the rest of your powers are taken away, at least at first. Uh-huh. And you can only kind of swap time and use the heart. Okay. And that's it. And you're swapping time, uh, you know, you're kind of cutting between two timelines and you have this sort of magnifying glass-esque object where you can look at what things look like in the past or in, in the future, you know, okay. swapping between the two timelines. 
you can check that out and, as Patrick said, kind of plan your way of what you want to do by, by kind of taking a look at it, then setting yourself up for what you kind of want to do, whatever action you want to take, and swap and, and sort of uh, use that, that to your advantage. It's amazing. I actually think it's, it's more impressive than the Clockwork Mansion. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. also really like Clockwork Mansion, and it is incredibly rad uh, and intricate. And, yes, it's clockwork. Right. Clock-like right. In, in that fashion. Um, but I think the real sort of triumph here, if, you've, if you had to, you know, say what is the absolutely most impressive level in this impressively designed game. It would be a crack game. in the slab. It would be a crack in the slab. At least so far, I am in the crack in the slab right now. Oh, I also have not quite okay. finished well, the game. Not By the me. time this it, goes up. Uh-huh. But at least I got Familiar there. Familiar story. I got there. I'm yeah. in the, I'm crack, in the, in the crack, crack right now. feels like a, the alternative title for 2016. Yep, pretty much. It sure does. Slab uh, of rotten beef. Briefly, Titanfall 2, Patrick. Yeah. Good. Good. Good game. Also, um, I'd say part of what's, uh, you know, we're, we're collecting these these games here and highlighting these specific levels, but part of what I think makes, like, Titanfall 2's cause and effect level is a well, very well-designed stage, and the, the feature right. I wrote where I interviewed the designer and explaining uh, how they built that and how it was an idea from years ago brought into Titanfall 2. Um, it's, it's all interesting, but part of what makes Designer 2 stage effective, part of what makes... Uh, Titanfall 2 stage effective is that it is a one-off unique idea that is brought into the game uh, utilized uh, very well for this brief period of time and then tossed away yep. um, and like that's a really difficult thing for a game to do to build like what was probably not an uh, well at least in Titanfall 2's case I know it was not an easy mechanic to build and so I'm sure it was not an easy mechanic to build for Designer 2 either but to have the restraint to both surprise the player and then take that away yeah. because taking it away is the smart thing to do. Yeah. It allow it leaves you with the feeling of, man, I wish I had more of that, which is a better feeling than, ugh, like I wish they would just stop doing this. I get and, it, yeah. And, and and it's that surprise factor that makes those levels, like they're, they're great levels on their own, but when placed within the context of both those games, they're even more fun totally. because they're, they're well-placed, they're well-designed, and they're well-contextualized. And they come both at the three-fourths mark of, of both yeah. games so that uh, you get this nice just kind of breakup of the formula you've been playing in before. You get, you um, already, at that point, you understand how to play those games successfully. You understand the, the basics yeah. enough. So then they're like literally like, here's a fourth dimension of play, which is like <laughs> not a thing we've said, I don't think, this year about that time travel stuff is like, oh, like you're giving me a fourth dimension to move in here, which is t- like literally you're doing that for me, which is cool. Uh, it's a binary movement, but it's still really a, a nice thing. And like all of a sudden, wall jumping isn't uh, there's an extra layer of wall jumping or t- to the wall jump to the traversal to the combat for me that was the thing that that made titanfall 2 a little more fun to play than the gemini heroes are born stuff was just like oh the combat have remained tough for me and like rewarding to do a, a you know jump off of the wall and get a shotgun blast across the room and, and then switch time and go into a slide and then do a melee attack the combat in Gemini Heroes Reborn was like, yeah, it's there. It was there and like maybe shouldn't have been there. Maybe I would have enjoyed that more if it was just a stealth game. Or I, I don't know. Uh, I'm still excited to see Dishonored 2, though. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. The other stuff here, really quickly, we already talked about Super Hot. Super Hot has time, yes. time travel in it, but it has time manipulation, time bending. Time yeah. bending yeah. For sure. And then there's one that I only just realized needed to be on this list, and I think that says a lot. It's Quantum Break. <laughs> it's literally <laughs> a game about time travel. I like that. I like Quantum Break. Like it's not. It's it, it pales in comparison to Remedy's previous works. Um, you know, it is no Alan Wake. It is no Max Payne. Um, but it, it, I really enjoyed 
playing Quantum Break. Like I'm, I am profoundly upset that Quantum Break's uh, lack of success yeah. has convinced Remedy that they aren't going to make games like that anymore. That's and that may be the, yeah. it may be the right financial move, but it is not the right move for Patrick's heart. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I it's, it's just too I, bad because they 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 make games that are are wholly unique, despite fitting into sort of you know a lot of con- contemporary uh, gameplay archetypes. And there's just something about the vibe of their games. And if they are no longer making single player games, it's it's really gonna bum me out. I I can 100 percent um, say, having talked to someone at Remedy about three days ago, that they they're not ditching the single player thing completely. So, That's good. Uh, That's yeah, yeah. yeah they, they definitely have that in their plans. But just just like you, Patrick, I I really in, I really enjoyed it. And um, for all of its, I mean, it it it, it was poorly, you know, it, it was poorly marketed. It came out at not a great time. The TV thing threw people uh, having to, you know, the TV thing is bad. The, the TV thing the was TV a bad thing idea. Is, yeah. It didn't need to be there. It totally didn't need to be there at all. Um, very little of note really happened in those shows. Certainly nothing that couldn't have been done in very, very quick. Not even cutscenes, just stuff that happened in front of the character. You know, you could walk a character through that stuff. Um, or even assume, I can't remember their names now, but the uh, the agent who's for a while chasing your character and then she kind of helps you. Like, there are, there are whole parts yeah. of it, like, where she's in it. And I would just like to play those bits of her. It would have been a nice change of pace. Um but yeah, like you said, the whole thing's obviously about time travel, and that makes Aiden Gillen look really weird. Like the first few scenes of it are just so bad. Like, come on, Remedy, like you're better than this. But yeah. um, it's uh, yeah, I, I think it's it, it's one of those. Uh, who was I? Talk- I was talking about ratings recently with someone, and obviously we don't do reviews or anything. But Quantum Break's one of those games that, like, you know, if if you were forced to stick a mark on it, you go like, yeah, it's six out of ten. But it's a good six out of ten. It's a six out of ten. You should play. Quantum Break's like when it's like late at night yeah. and like you you load up Netflix and you see this movie and you're like, eh, like it, it, maybe it stars Nicolas Cage. Yep, there you and go. You're like, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I, let's see what this is. Let's like roll the dice. If someone announced <laughs> a Quantum Break Nicolas Cage movie tomorrow, I would have these yeah. zero yeah. surprise. Yep. And you and you get <laughs> to the end and you're like, you know what? Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Glad I watched that. Yeah. All right. So, who is like, who goes in first? They open up the time travel portal, they break it, they break time travel, they understand it. Who is the leader of the time travel club? I don't know if it's a president, I don't know what role that is. A time, time captain. Time captain? Time captain. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna nominate Emily Caldwell. I know you are. But, you know, everybody knew I was gonna say that. Because you're from the future. I'm I'm, I'm gonna second Emily. Okay. Yeah, to mainly because I'm looking at a pic. You can't see this, and no one listens to the podcast. But I'm looking at a picture of her right now across she my room. She looks like a They're time like, captain. She's you just have a big po- Emily Caldwell poster. Yeah. No, it's just, it's just some, <laughs> some 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 detritus, some gaming stuff that my wife is really desperate for me to put in the loft. But there's a yeah, there's a picture of uh, of Emily Caldwell staring at me. And she I can kind of like, see it in your sorry. glasses. She's intimi- yeah. intimidating you, intimidating she's, you. She's definitely definitely <laughs> okay. Down with Daniel it's gonna be Emily Caldwell. And we're gonna take a quick break. I have to go <laughs> cry about my life. Ugh. Emily Caldwin, time captain. Oh, captain, my captain. <laughs> bye, bye. I, I'm I'm un, I'm unwilling to provide a counter argument because you've deflated my ability to speak. <laughs> I thought it was going to be the Titanfall guy, but uh, Emily Caldwin. I'm going to go to the bathroom. We're going to take a quick break. Sounds good. <laughs> <sighs> 20 minutes left. 20 minutes on the clock. Here we go. I'm going to stop talking about time. 
But we're back. We with twenty minutes on the clock until we have to stop because Tim Barnes has to go record somebody else's podcast. Uh, Apparently, there's more than one podcast at Vice that? Media. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound that podcast. That's make. the podcast sound. Yeah. <laughs> we have two more categories left. I want to. I'm going to zoom over one of them, not because it's not important, because I think it is. I'm going to zoom over it because I don't love the name we came up with, <laughs> which is hashtag Occupy Video yeah. Games or the Young Politicians Club or some other sort of like social activism group. Yeah. I think this year had a couple of games. It had, it had games in more spaces than I expected that wanted to say something that, about the world and politics. Yes. Danielle, you wrote a piece about this. Uh, this yes. Year. Yes. For, for the list. I think uh, there's kind of – there are three games that I focused on the most with this, uh, at, one of them being my – number one pick uh, for Game of the Year, and that Ooh. is Even the Ocean. It's a game I've talked about a lot. I've sort of evangelized it a lot, but I think it's really, really unique in certain ways in that it uh, genuinely sort of blends its gameplay, which is sort of a 2D platformer that's about balancing energy. And it it effectively does that and in a very fun and, and sort of interesting way. And it also has a story that kind of hits two incredibly important, I think, political sort of angles. And one is it has a sort of environmentalist message. And the other is is the, the sort of message that comes out of it, which is about uh, the importance of people organizing and uh, sort of speaking up when their leaders are shitty and corrupt <laughs> and doing bad things. Uh, and, of course, it's it's there's a lot about sort of being a person of color. There's actually a lot about being sort of a model minority that I think is really interesting and not something you that's see. That's not a normal – not something so you see not in, a common – right, not, not something not a you see in a, conversation. in a typical sort of uh, fanciful-looking 2D platformer with pixel art. Not necessarily right. a topic you think it's going to, right. uh, you know – comment upon and you know i'm speaking as a white person saying this it, it felt like they they did a, a good job with this and it felt like they you know sort of wrote from the heart uh when they were making this game and it's like a tiny two-person team right one of the things that i actually know. that you that you hit on in your piece about this a couple of months ago or a couple of weeks ago now was that they managed to be convincing and thoughtful without being too didactic yes which i think is like a tough thing to do because <laughs> when you when you have put a lot of time researching uh, you know, a political or a social issue, and you've done all of your homework, and it affects you deeply personally. It can be very easy and understandable to shout from the mountaintops. Yes. To to really like, how can you not fucking see this? Um, and so when you take that other step to be like, all right, in order to in order to actually make my message clear to people who will resist it, I'm going to like do my best to come at them from an angle, to charm them, to bring them in, is a tough thing to do. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think it's the only way you can do things by any means, but I, but I, I always am impressed when someone can, can pull that off. Uh, so good job to – what's the name of the team? Uh, the Analgesic Studios. The Analgesic yeah, Studios. They're, sorry, it's not the, just Analgesic Studios. The Analgesic Studios. Studios. The Analgesic uh, no, they're they're wonderful. I shout out to them. They also made Anodyne, which was a favorite right. game of mine from right. a couple of years ago. I think they make thoughtful, really good games yeah. and sort of old school paradigms, but with you know uh, totally. new mechanics and um, the other two games we wrote about. I don't want to get too deep into them because we just don't, don't have the time right sure. now. But, and also because we've covered them extensively is Mafia Three and Watch Dogs, yes. which both have their faults, but also were surprises. I think because I. I, those are both games where I was like, oh, they're going to fuck this up. Yes. And, and I think Watch Dogs <laughs> has a fuck up in it, but it's still generally a warm and thoughtful place to be in, which is what I want my open worlds to be like. Yes. And they both tried Often. really hard. They're both very genuine. Yeah. Like, like yeah. even for, I haven't played Watch Dogs 2, but, you know, reading about mm-hmm. the, the problems you had with it, like, 
it's not like that game came from the wrong place. Like, and I think that's true of both Mafia and Watch Dogs Two, and a lot of the games that that tried this year. And it was it was encouraging to see them come from like big budget, you know, multi million dollar games. Like they they swung for the fences, and you know it, they weren't all home runs. But to not be cynical, like that's yes. the thing. That was maybe a thing that was impressive about Mafia. Also, was that like Mafia is dark, and like it, <laughs> it gives a fuck about the violence that Lincoln Clay causes, um, but not in the way that it, like there's no smirk. There's no like. It shakes its head at what happens, but it's not like that's America. Yeah. Like, and and sometimes that rock star model can really work, but but like when, with bully, yeah. like, with, like with bully, <laughs> right? I think it can. I think it can totally work, but it's not. Uh, there was a long time where it felt like people thought that was the only model to doing an open world, super violent action game. Uh, obviously, Saints Row had been doing it differently for the last for like five years or so, and like in Watch Dogs Two feels like the Saints Row, the fifth. I didn't wasn't going to get totally. Uh, so I'm happy with that. Uh, but we should move on only because uh, – go, go read the article, please, for sure. Uh, and, and I also just want to say briefly, lots of little games have also continued doing yes. the job. Yes, thank you for making Tackling <laughs> politics and, and and social issues and all sorts of stuff. So, like, keep doing you. Uh, I, I want to be clear that I don't think this is just like, yay, AAA is finally doing it. But, but also, like, I'm happy that's starting to happen a little bit. Yeah. Last category, last group. It's Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out people shouldn't be in school, but they're back in school because they they got detention. They got Saturday morning detention. They had to they had to wake up early, yeah. drag them. Mom, can I get a ride? No, we'd get in the bus. It's Saturday. The bus isn't coming. Walk well, your you ass to be school. There. Walk, Walk your ass Walk. to school. I don't care if it's snowing and uphill both yeah. ways. You got to go. You deserve it. Yeah. In fact, you better make it both ways. You don't don't walk downhill home, boy. That's what they said. <laughs> yeah. And so we have detention. And we have some there's mi- there's some a members. packed we, detention. Yeah. This is like the crowd detention room. This is not. We're not talking about the Breakfast Club. There, are, there's like two <laughs> Breakfast Clubs here. Actually, I think is what's going on. Yeah, I I I want to know who the worst. Oh, I want to hear know who the worst offender is for sure. <laughs> um, and I want to know. I want to know. Just like it's a lot this year. It's just been a lot of stuff where yeah. I've been like, man. I think it ranges from like games that should have been good and were not. Uh, things like Mighty Number no. Nine, yeah. Uh, things like uh, uh, Homefront: The Revolution, like that's just not a good game. Yeah. Uh, Star Fox Zero is a game. I was that Zero? Is Zero the the number it on was. it? If you don't, if you if you don't know that, what the uh, name is, then that yeah. says everything. Metroid Prime uh, Federation Force. Yep. Battleborn. These are all oh, games that were just like nah. Like y'all tried, but nah. Yeah. And then there are other things. I said I don't want to focus on just like shitting on games that didn't that we just didn't like. Because there are other things that are like I think maybe the biggest one for me is PR this year. Oh yeah. Yep. Between over promising and and under delivering or or mis promising, I'm I'm deeply sympathetic for the crew at Hello, at Hello Games. I'm glad I'm not in their position, and I like No Man's Sky more than most people. Um, it will probably find its way onto its to- onto my top ten list. I put sixty hours into that thing. Whew. Like I'm I'm that dude. But also, y'all, please don't. Please, someone should have stepped in, either someone from Sony or a different PR person at Hello, to make sure that like. The messaging was on point, and it just was. I wonder well, if and it's that, also uh, the, the, the the messaging after that game was released was right. I I know what they were going for, and they ended you up do. doing what I thought they were going to do, which was we just won't say anything till we have a real answer, which is here's more content for the game. But I think they did a great they 
I don't think that there should have been more done. They should have they they shouldn't have just ignored the conversation happening around mm-hmm. that game. They shouldn't have even now they have not acknowledged sort of like what happened and they're it's an interesting approach to just be well here's just more stuff in the game we're going to try and make this <laughs> yeah. game better but I I don't do they essentially I, I think they've burned the the bridges to a lot of people who will never come back because yeah. uh which is a shame without without at least just saying look yeah Sorry, this game wasn't quite what we said it was, but we're working. Like I don't know. There was just there's a way to do it, and they didn't do it. And I don't know how much of that is inherently their fault. How much of that is is our fault? I mean that like as a collective, like sort of like media and yeah. and yeah. and game Fake fans news, man. that uh, <laughs> exactly. Well, but you know, just like the narrative that developed around that game was both their fault and then our fault um and yeah so i wrote earlier this year i wrote a a week before that game came out the someone got a leaked copy of it and beat it over a weekend and the response at that point was this just intense overwhelming like no that can't be possible it's it's infinite planets that person has a his game isn't really finished and they did end up doing a really substantial day one patch that changed things and did make it harder to get to the center of the universe. But the fundamental truth that he'd found was, hey, uh, this isn't an infinitely big game. And and so I wrote a piece about that that was really about um, this weird desire that is maybe not that weird. The, this this notion of like the last game, this this thing that we can Uber escape game. to yeah. that would that would. Uh, satisfy us indefinitely. And that was like a term that I saw used again and again by fans about No Man's Sky was like, this is the last game I'm ever going to need. This is the last game I'm ever going to buy on the PS4. This is the last game. Like, I'm not even going to pre-order any other games this year because I know this is the only game I need. And that came from somewhere. And partially it came from really good trailers, like really effective trailers on their part. Beautiful, yeah. But it also came from the way we covered the kind of data-driven, procedurally generated, like algorithmically created stuff in that game or where it was really tempting to just be like you know like it's only six people six people are making a world that's infinitely big and it's going to be a joy to explore and like it's so easy to get seduced by that stuff it's so easy to get seduced by that stuff in other fields too it's why we you know we saw a lot of people talking about data journalism in general this year with the election results or the poll results like there are conversations to be had about our relationship with with technology and and algorithmically generated information and i i don't want to like knock No Man's Sky to the ground as like the the whipping boy for all of our <laughs> belief in the big algorithm out there, but like I definitely see a lot of our hope that it will save us, and I don't think it will. Uh, I think that's the lesson for me from No Man's Sky, a game I like a lot more than most people. Is I wish it had been two. I wish they had run this algorithm and then picked two hundred really good planets yes. and said like here. But here's your universe. Here's your universe. Here's 500 even that are really good. We went and visited a, a, a thousand, and we picked 500 that were dope. Like go or have even fun. Even if the first couple were right. right, like even if the game curated just the first hour and said, "Now you're on your own. Good luck." Or like, what if what if every station or every system where there was an Atlas station was one planet or two planets that were like handcrafted, yes. so that you knew you would find somewhere like touched at least or or handpicked to be really good that yeah. way you knew that you would get or, or from a pool like there are all these things that, again we're playing armchair designer here at this point but like I think that those sorts of things indi- 
indicate that what what I what this has taught me is I want there to be this mix of algorithmic content and also handcrafted well, stuff. Algor- a- data algorithms on their own don't do anything, like yep. or at least in, in our you know currently uh, we're not there, mm-hmm. and like you need a human touch to sort through what that is, and I think that's that's what was ultimately if like anything was missing from that game, it's exactly what you said. There is just the human touch to interpret the data, and instead they yeah. they allowed the player. To sift through that data, and it, as it turns out, that's a boring fucking job. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's a good analogy. Mike, what was on your naughty list this year? On my naughty list? Um, I wanted more from ReCore. I think we all did. Uh, oh, right. Oh. ReCore. Yeah. There's a good game in ReCore. Yeah, for about yeah. an hour. I forgot about ReCore. You know, for an hour or two, it's all right. <laughs> and then you do the same thing over and over again and that thing isn't that fascinating to 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 keep you doing it um i I love i still love a lot of it i think i think it looks tremendous at times and and um it's it's i don't know it 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 had a character to it It, that was good you know it it felt Mm -hmm. like it had a a bit of soul in there um i i I was thinking about this the other day like i didn't i don't think i played many bad games like like genuinely like unapologetically terrible games like i looked at what was um on like the metacritic like you know worst scoring games of the year thing they 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 publish every year and i don't think i've played any of them um so i've managed to avoid the the tripe you know the the absolute garbage um uh yeah i mean i destiny rise of iron massive disappointment for me disappointment after after coming from uh taking king was so good yeah taking king was was like what i was looking for when i played destiny and then i thought okay i took a year off rise of iron let's do this like i'm ready to come back and I, nah clearly i'm waiting for destiny too <laughs> yep <me laughs> like too. that expansion made it so clear that hey like this is great for like the super hardcore destiny fans that's fine but like for the folks who i think there were a lot who were like me who were like Brought in by Taken King, saw what the hardcore people saw uh-huh. in Destiny, and but the Rise of Iron did nothing to capture that a second time. And if totally. anything, like made me again disdainful for what that game is and what it gets <laughs> yeah. wrong. Um, at least for me, like it's it's it, ultimately like my biggest problem with Destiny is it's extremely difficult to find the fun. And in the same way that No Man's Sky forces you to sort of like find the good planets, like. Destiny forces you to sift through just so much to find that core that is just beyond. When I mean that beyond the core, like the actual shooting, which is like second to none, probably Still the best. It's, yeah, it's probably Still incredible, one the, if not the best, like one of the best shooters of the last couple of years. Um, but all the other stuff that's it just it's so tough to find it and find it consistently. And Taken King did a pretty good job of wrapping that up for you, and Rise of Iron did a bad job of wrapping that up for me. <laughs> And so I was disappointed by it because I I wanted to get back into Destiny and I just bounced right off it a second time. Um, that it just it, it's it, it made me angry because I was like I wanted yeah. to get back into <laughs> Destiny and it's like this is this was clearly ready not made for, for me and instead what's made for me is probably whatever's coming next year, which I'm excited about the yeah. the. Other PR troubles this year, I just wanted to say, yeah, like it wasn't just over promising; it was also just like misunderstanding the tone that you should mm-hmm. probably bring mm-hmm. to some of the, the subject matter at play. Uh, you know, Battlefield 1's PR or, or communi- social team, I guess, is really what we're talking about. Whoever runs these, these Twitter accounts and the Deus Ex Mankind Divided uh, marketing team – not the team, but like whoever handled that stuff. I don't know if there's a specific person. I don't know if it was a group. I don't know if it was an executive said, yeah, do that. I, who knows? 
But both of them were so off point on their oh, messaging, yeah. especially because the teams that made the game were like really on point about some yeah. shit. Yeah. Specifically, there were some Battlefield 1 tweets that were just like the most just flippant about what was a real terrible war. Yeah. Like comparing the number of people who played your beta to the number of people who died uh, is like not a good look. It's rough. And it's, and it's counter. It's um. Look. It's counter to what the game itself tries yes. to do. Exactly. Like yes. the, the thing we talked about before, where like, you know, I think Battlefield One's campaign is kind of boring, but I I I admire their attempt to point out that the setting they're choosing is inherently it's a problem. Like because you're you're, you're you know. You, you have to erase the actual human cost in the service of making it a fun game in the Battlefield mold. But at least their single player tried to acknowledge that. And what their social media stuff did was essentially erase that. And, like, you know, this is, I think, the next game you're going to bring up, like, does uh, uh, a similar sort of thing in misrepresenting what the game attempts to do. I think that second game maybe is less successful at what it attempts to do. Uh, yeah, but there was definitely fight. still some stuff in there that was so. So the battlefield stuff just briefly was like they made tweets that were like gifts of like a person with a flamethrower saying when you're too hot for the club and like oh, nah yeah. no do not like you, you you just bring it back a little bit that isn't even the game you made. Yeah, Deus Ex Mankind divided from their original trailer last year when they first brought out the term mechanical apartheid, but then like. They also used it was Og's, uh, Og's, Lives Matter. Og's Lives Matter yeah. for, for augmented people in the cyberpunk universe. Mm. And then just mm-hmm. completely bumbled interviews where they said they weren't trying to be political okay. when they used the phrase mechanical apartheid. They wanted you to use – to come up with, with your own judgment on that, on that term. And there was and a doubling usage. down of, oh, we said Og's Lives Matter, but before we didn't – Before we didn't know Black about Black Lives, Lives Matter. Matter. <laughs> was like, are you, are you kidding me? Yeah, that was mm. that was not good. I actually was. I, I feel like that was even. But maybe then the game had a worse <laughs> quests and a few questions. Yeah, definitely, that yeah. was for me. Like, <laughs> that was like, real bad, man. Uh, and, and the games themselves, like, in both cases, were really trying there to to address these things. I think Deus Ex less less overall successful. I think, you know, the the oh people with cybernetics are just like oppressed minorities is like a tough. It's yeah. not a one-to-one comparison. So the whole economic side of that. There's a whole economic tough. argument yeah. that, that kind of gets messy there. It isn't yeah. just like you were born with a cyber arm, right? Like there's all sorts of uh, – especially in that world where sometimes people get cyber arms because they're rich and want cooler cyber right. arms. Like it's, yeah. it's very messy. Um, but there were, there were times in that game where they did want to talk about police brutality. They did want to talk about privacy and security and like and get into that messiness. And if I was writing that game – I would be real frustrated. Livid, I think is the word. (laughs) Yeah, I would use. At the ways in which this sort of like the 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 nuance I wanted I would have wanted to bring to it and the nuance that they did bring to it just it was a mismatch. Uh so PR PR, hey, do better. It's also I think I think there's something about that incident that's interesting because uh okay, this is gonna sound weird, but the word political has been politicized in a way in, in in a way that um, I think the reason you probably had the you know the writers or designers I can't remember whoever that interview was um, that said oh we're not trying to be political with this like I think when they say that they mean mm-hmm. something different than what that means on its face right like right. I, like I don't it's hard for me to believe in their heart of hearts that they're not trying to be political with the game of course but when they you are. say the word 
political or politics that take away from that is immediate you know conjurings of social justice warriors and a lot of other stuff that uh that word comes with a lot of baggage these days so i think like i i agree like it's 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 very uh it's it's weird to say oh we're not being political when you're going to adopt a political term that was dominant yeah. in 2016 but i can also see like when they're talking and they're like marketing and pr meetings like the fallout of saying like we're being political in our game for like yeah. is but is like, rough this is the thing with mafia 3 which was one of the was super successful for yeah. take 2 and you know uh, we had a great interview with charles webb in which he was like yeah of course this is going to be a political game right. like you can't do this and have it not be political obviously we're we're not trying to be didactic we're not trying to preach we're not trying we don't have a message that we want to get out there specifically but we want people to think about this stuff and we're going to figure out a way to do that that is that is thoughtful and good on its own merits and like more of that in 2017 please yes please one more one more thing i want more of in 2017 also about pr about two and a half months ago, the thing that happens when you're in this industry, this is my, my, my final thing on PR, my final thing maybe for the, for the podcast because we're running out of time. When you're in the industry we're in, when you're in games journalism, the PR companies send you things sometimes. They send you like, like oh, this, oh, here oh is I know a co- what this is going to be. This uh-huh. good. This is they good. send you things like, oh, here is a, a, a copy of the game for you to review or, or whatever. We don't do review. We do be a, a critic about. Here is a T-shirt. I'm like, OK, I'm going to put this in the pile with the T-shirts. This isn't even my size. Like, OK. <laughs> here is a coaster, whatever. Sometimes I'll send you a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to name names. I'm not here to get anybody in Nobody's trouble. Nobody's in trouble. I'll send you a soundtrack. And sometimes they do it in a cute way. Like, oh, it's on a fake floppy disk or it's on a fake cassette tape or whatever. Like, but it's really a USB drive. And so someone sent us one of these earlier this this year. I was like, oh wow, cool! This game has a pretty cool soundtrack. I, yeah, well, yeah. I put this on my, I'll put this on shuffle or whatever. Put it on my, put it on. I'm like, start flipping through it. And like, oh, there's like 20 tracks, 15 tracks, whatever it is. And then there's one of them that just said recording one or something mm-hmm. like that. I was like, why? What is that? Like, what? And then I uploaded it into iTunes and it said like Serato recording one <laughs> as the title. I was like, uh oh. For people who don't know, Serato is like a is like a digital mixing like a DJ board basically. So you load in MP3s and you can scratch it on like this digital board instead of being physical. And I was like, I gotta hit play on this. <laughs> and mixed in with this game's original soundtrack was someone's like private DJ mix. Yeah. And immediately started playing Kendrick Lamar's Poetic Justice, but like chopped up in a really bad way. <laughs> and then it was just like straight through like I if I have time, I need to just put this up somewhere and yeah. then do my my like listen guide. Like my breakdown to a live li- – we listen to it together somehow on the internet. That's a good idea. Uh, it is – there's a moment about 50 minutes in where it's just like white, super loud white noise for three <laughs> seconds. Uh, so just shout outs to the PR guy who gave me a hot mixtape. Secret tape. DJ. Secret DJ. <laughs> Secret DJ PR. It's your boy DJ PR. Yeah. I don't know what the PR – I'm trying to find PR. Fat Rhymes. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Fat Rhymes, Fat is, Rhymes all right. is all right. It's, it's all right. It's not that bad. Who do you think is the worst offender this year? Also, cameras were out of time, but cameras were really the bad witness. this year. The witness. Also, the witness was My bad worst this offender. year. I, worst. I loved half the game, and I utterly hated I love the message th- of it and like yeah. the other like parts of it that are. So yeah. I think that I think the, the brief one too on the message for me is just like what we already said about No Man's Sky: the data will not save you. Yeah. Right, like pure rationality is not the way forward. Um, it, don't be a statue. Don't be a statue. Be a human <laughs> being. And the thing that sucks is that the post game in the witness actually does that stuff. I know. There's a there's an audio log where it's just like a long speech, like all the other audio logs, and then there's a break, and this woman sighs, and she's like, 
And then like, another person comes on the, the audio log thing. It's like, hey, uh, I'm going to go to the store. Do you want a sandwich? She's like, you know I hate sandwiches. And I'm like, oh, my God. Where was all this humanity yeah. in the rest of this game? Totally. Uh, and I wish it had had more of that. So yeah, I agree. I think, Danielle, I'm going to defer to you. I think the, the biggest offender this year <laughs> – no, I think it has to no, be PR. It's all it has lives to be matter. Definitely, that's the that's yeah. the biggest okay. offender by far. But like, if you're talking about one a game and yeah. a, a game that was that deserves detention. Yeah, yeah it's, there you go. 2016 is going to be behind us. Just in just a couple days, we can do so it. So close. Thank you so much for sticking through this extra 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 long episode. Yay. Thank you, Tim Barnes, who's falling asleep but has Thank to go you, do another one of these with somebody else. Advice. Good luck, Tim. Go, Tim. You can find Tim at TimBarnes451 on Twitter. Yeah. Danielle, where, where can people find you? You can find me, Danielle R.I., on Twitter, and I think I'm on Facebook as Danielle Riendo Writer. Mike Diver, what about you? I'm just at Mike Diver on that Twitter. Get in there early. On Twitter. Name. Yes, yeah. that's, the, that's the key. You got to get on that. You got to get on Ello. got to get on Peach. got to get on <laughs> uh, what's the Mastodon. Yep. There you go. Uh, Patrick, what about you? You can find me at Patrick Klevick on Twitter uh, and uh, Pete Klevick on Facebook. Woo! Awesome. And then uh, you can find me at Austin underscore Walker on Twitter, at Austin Walker Games on Facebook. And uh, you can find Waypoint at Twitter.com slash Waypoint, Facebook.com slash Waypoint Vice. You can listen to the song uh, Miss You by our our friend, our friend. Friend of the show. Bowen at Waypoint.zone slash Bowen. Go to Waypoint.vice.com for all of the year-end stuff we've been doing. Uh, my list will be up tomorrow. My list is not up yet, which means I'm probably right now this second like, oh, I should fucking play Doom. I need <laughs> I to play Doom. Doom. I gotta Dooming be it Doom. Up. I gotta play Dishonored 2. I gotta play so many games. Yeah. I'm gonna catch all of y'all in the in the future. You can catch me in 2017. We'll get back to it. Peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.